Welcome to the Assistance Together podcast. My name is Henrietta Barker and I started the podcast at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. There was a huge shift for assistance in every aspect of their work and life and I wanted to make a space where you could have access to some of the most experienced trainers, and leaders in our assistant community, as well as hearing other assistants' experience of what it was like working during this time. This podcast is one of the most fun things I've ever done. It's been so great to get to know some of you, and I am excited about sharing many more episodes over the next few months. Don't forget to rate and review so that other people can find it easily and make sure you follow us on social. We are just about everywhere, so come and say hello. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Have you ever wondered what it is really like to be a celebrity assistant? Let me introduce you to my guest this week, who is Lauren Elkins, who has had an illustrious career working with stars such as Nathan Lane, Ed Helms, Jennifer Goodwin, and Josh Dallas, to name a few. Her experiences have been exciting and fun, and the people that she's supported have become such a huge part of her life. She was also hired by film and television productions to work with stars such as Faye Dunaway, Whitney Houston, Val Kilmer, and Tony Collette. Lauren is based in LA and recently adopted a dog named Rocky. She swears that this dog has kept her sane during this time of COVID. But Lauren has a real gift that allows her to create working relationships with people, even where the lines can become blurred between friend and assistant. Her working style has adapted and changed during her career, but I'm reassured to hear that the crazy requests from the people she supports hasn't stopped. We talk about creating boundaries at work, how she created this career for herself using the gifts and talents she has, how she coped with traveling and socializing with the people she supported, and what the pandemic has been like for her. We've got to also talk about how she managed celebrities and people under pressure and the aspect of the role that she loves. I really hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get started. It's great to have you here. How are you? I'm good. I mean, I'm hanging in just like everybody else is during this crazy time. It is crazy, right? Like, it is crazy. I, I don't know. I think so. We're early December now, right? And it feels I've it's been nine months, just under nine, just under nine months of this. <coughs> yeah, just, I mean, it's long, isn't it? It's a long haul. Yeah, I heard my husband say nine months to someone the other day. I'm like, wow, that's a long time. But, um, and also being in Los Angeles, it's weird because now we're cracking down. Now it's like, it feels like it's starting all over again with all the rules, the serious rules and now really being scared again and, you know, more scared than yeah. you the whole time, yeah. Yeah, because it goes, I feel like it goes in kind of, there's times where things feel like they're on the up and everyone's a little bit more relaxed and then we have to go back into it. So it's like these kind of waves of, of anxiety or in the summer, especially here, it was much easier. You know, now it's, it's literally tipping down with rain outside and it's dark at like four o'clock and, you know, like it's, you kind of feel like in a strange sort of cocoon of nothing much happening, you know? I know. I, I can't imagine like the places that get so wintry and cold and like literally you're not going anywhere. Yeah, I know. That's it. You're in. Yeah, you're in. That's it. So you're locked down again. Right. Yeah. LA just. Lockdown. Oh God. Yeah. Because we're getting to the point where there's um, only a certain percentage of, um, ICU beds available. Yeah. So once that happened, then they, you know, have to shut it down. So tough, right? Yeah. It's just tough. Yeah. It's just weird. And it's weird too, because most of my friends, I feel like still have jobs. I feel like really I'm one of the only ones that 
that don't. You do? Uh, I, I have one other friend who is also a publicist. So she, yeah. you know, no one's working because no one in the entertainment industry is, you know, they have a few stuff set up and working. And now, you know, celebrities and stuff are going on shows via Zoom and, um, and they're talking about upcoming projects. And now they just announced the other day that they're going to show, um, so I've actually been waiting for this movie because I'm super excited about it, but the new Wonder Woman, which oh. looks so cool. Yes. So they are going to do a thing where they're going to launch it, you know, online for the first time, a big, wow. a big, big blockbuster. So it, it's funny because I think Spielberg even, there was an article written by like three of the big, like major people in this industry saying how the film industry is going to change. It can't keep up the way it's been going in theaters and people going. And now it's like, wow, okay, this, so what was already probably going to happen? Yeah. The film industry now is like um, happening rapid pace. So I'm, I'm curious, I don't, you know, I don't know anyone in the upper, I don't talk regularly with anyone in the upper uh, levels of the studios, but to see how they look at this going forward. Yeah, I think we've, um, in so many industries, we've sort of been catapulted forward, it feels like. It's a bit like a Back to the Future. We've been put in the DeLorean and we've, <laughs> it like, and we've gone at like lightning speed. The only way that I can describe what it feels- got a museum out here if you came out here, the DeLorean. Exactly. Yeah, but that's kind of what it feels like in that yeah. we knew it was all coming, like we knew the changes were going to happen, yeah? Or in so many industries and the changes in technology and the advancement in all different areas of our lives, but it's just been sped up so fast. Right. That like nobody really knows. Yeah, and no one really knows what's happening. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, exactly. How did you, I have to, I have to find out because I, I always want to find out with my guests if you intentionally became an assistant or if it happened in a more organic way? Did you set out on this no. career path intentionally? I definitely did not. I definitely, I went to school, I graduated with like film and video production back, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I studied. Yeah. And um, I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't wait to start my career <laughs> in the business. And you know. so I started doing um, production and then I started, you know, doing little things here and there. I did like infomercials and, you know, whatever I could, whatever job I could get. And then I got a job on one big movie and then that catapulted me into like that world and being able to work on big movies and TV shows and stuff like that. But um, one of the jobs <clears throat> on a movie set is called an assistant director. Yeah. So there's a team of assistant directors and then with on-set PAs, like they call them production assistants, on-set production assistants. Mm -hmm. And we manage and maintain how um, a film and TV show like works daily. like right. on the And then, you know, that could be broken up into different teams. Like maybe there's an AD on the set with a director lighting and watching all that. And then maybe there's someone dealing with a background if you have a big scene with that thousands of people or you know mm -hmm. they're dealing with all those people and then there's someone that's running first team and then that would be they call it like either home base or camper land or everyone has a, a different kind of uh, name for it but those are the basics and then you're in charge of the vanities what they're called mm -hmm. hair makeup wardrobe and <laughs> greeting <laughs> and greeting the actors when they come in so you're the first person they seem and you're see, and then you're getting them through hair and makeup wardrobe and you're coordinating with the set. So you're getting them through that process where other people are on set getting ready to shoot. Mm -hmm. So you're coordinating. So one scene is set up when you're working on the actor and then the actor gets to set on time. And so um, I started doing that. And because these jobs, maybe there's only a few jobs. Yeah, on each sure. Week. And then how many of them, and this is so cliche, but it's true, um, go to like the niece or nephew or the whatever, which is 
how I got on my first one, which is kind of oh, like you, okay. you have to, because right, I was, we'll get yeah, into you like, right foot in the door. You need to get your foot in the door. Yeah. And then once you got in, you have to prove yourself. No one's going to hire you again. No. Right. So there's only so many of those jobs on a movie. Um, and to become an assistant director, there's only like really two ways to do it. Whether, so you get your days, you have to work so many days on a movie. Right. So you have to work so many days on a movie, on a TV show, you have to work so many days on a commercial, so many days on location versus the studio. Um, or there's an assistant director like training program, which is super hardcore. And they have this testing that's really hard to do. And so, um, I kind of just thought that would be my route, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, but if you can't get that job on a movie, then, um, I start people started hiring me for directors and actors for the movie. Cause that's another okay. role, right? It's like a little bit, um, some of the actors have their own assistants, but some don't, yeah. or some maybe want to hire, like, let's say someone's from another country and they're coming to LA they might not be bringing their assistant. Maybe they, they hire someone out here. Sure. That makes so sense. So depending on whatever I was working on would be like the job that I would do. And um, <clears throat> I actually, they hired me for Nathan Lane on a movie, a movie called Mouse Hunt. Yeah. And I think it was with a, a famous British, I'm going to blank on his name at the time. He was a big comedian. And now I cannot think Is of it. Is it like a, it's like a sort of spoof thing, wasn't it? Mouse Hunt. I don't think so. Was it? What was it? I'm having a look. I'm uh-huh. I'm Googling. But the director is Gore Verbinski, who now became a very big director. <coughs> it's with Lee Evans, isn't yeah, it? Lee the Evans. Yeah. yeah, the comedian. Yeah, yeah that's right. And Christopher Walken was in it as well. Oh, yeah, a lot of people. Wowzers, yeah. So you were doing is that. Lee Evans still big in the UK? Is who, sorry? Lee Evans? Mm-hmm. No, not really. He, he, I mean, he is in that he just doesn't tour. It's not that people don't, wouldn't want to see him. It's just that he, he's taken, he was so enormous here and he took yeah. such a back, sort of back step in, didn't want to, didn't want to be in the limelight anymore. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he's very private. I remember. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And he lives a really regular, yeah. non-show busy right. kind of life. Yeah. yeah. So so you were you were working for Nathan Lane on that? Yeah, yeah. So they they actually hired me without even him meeting me. You oh know what I mean? So that was interesting God. too. Like sometimes I would still the actor or actress would still interview me for before, but he just got me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think like this is yours. <laughs> I don't think what to do with me. Oh my god, it was so funny. I um we had two weeks of rehearsal before we started shooting. And I, and I was driving him too. He doesn't drive. I think now he finally got a license, but um, he wouldn't even talk to me. We'd be like driving to like, I think he was just scared. I don't know. Who is this girl? And, and then we went right away on, on location. We were just outside Yosemite and very like rural, weird little town. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we had to spend a lot of time together Yeah, and we would hang out in the trailer and yeah, we spent all and going to dinners. And I remember we watched all of kids in the hall. (laughs) This is when videos, you're still renting videos, (laughs) rented videos and watch all the kids in the hall. But, um, anyway, we really clicked on that movie. And then I wind up being with them off and on for like five and a half years. I did some, a couple of TV shows out here which I know he's like the king of Broadway, you know? Yeah. But we, he did, I mean, we did do some TV shows that just didn't um, unfortunately work, even though they had really amazing writers. And so, yeah, so I did that. And then I was still going back and forth with production. And I don't remember who I was, what I was doing at the time, but when I finally was like, okay, this is what I do. Yeah. yeah. There's usually a moment, isn't there, where it kind of solidifies, like you don't even notice in careers mm. often. Yeah. That anything is really happening time is passing you're enjoying yeah. things and suddenly you do have a like oh I do this now <laughs> this is it <laughs> I did go to HBO for a year mm-hmm. thinking okay this is like a real job right you know, okay. like what I was doing before is not real you know <laughs> like not a real profession um and I realized even though HBO is like such a cool place it was still like really corporate not what I was 
used to it all. Yeah, sure. Used to being on set or being in the actor's home and really more of a relaxed atmosphere. So yeah, I'm like, mm, that's, yeah, I realize that's not really for me. And this is like really, really what I do. Yeah, yeah. Because it's good to get the contrast, right? If you don't get the contrast, sure. you don't know, do you? You're like, oh, I'm, this is fine. And see, I just, I think I would get too starstruck to look after a celebrity. I'm sure that's a really ridiculous, you know, sort of notion. But well, I remember uh, right after Nathan. Be like intense. <laughs> so Nathan, at one point, he knew he was going to stay in New York. He knew yeah. that Broadway was going to be his life. I live in LA. You know, there was a couple of years I go back and forth or we were on location. But to keep me on and for me to go work for him when he's on, um, when he's doing Broadway doesn't really make sense because, you know, yeah. you, you, your, your life is the Broadway show for like a year. There's nothing else going on. Yeah. So I would just be like getting laundry and food. Like you don't really need me for that. So <clears throat> I wound up getting a job with Brendan Fraser. Do you remember? Yes. Yes, yeah. of course. I actually, that's when I went to London. I did for Mummy 2 or something like that. Mummy 2 or 3, I can't remember. Wow. But um, okay, so when I first walked in to meet him. Yeah. And he opened the door. Because at the time he was like super. Oh my he, God. Oh. He was like the hunky guy. Yeah, right? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have been able to talk to him. <laughs> I would have just gone really red and left. <laughs> when he when I walked in and he said hello, I'm like, oh my God. He yeah. was like that, that geeky guy I was friends with in high school. Yeah. So maybe. he was like, he was just like that guy. Oh. Like, so it wasn't there was nothing. I know, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh that's ruined it. That's ruined it now. <laughs> Oh, he was still like really good looking. My friends yeah. were all like, oh my God, goo goo. But I was like, yeah. oh my God, he's so normal. He's just like that guy, you know, like any guy you were just friends, friends with. with. Yeah, yeah, completely. And I think oh, that. Um, lucky one. Was that? I was lucky it was. Otherwise, it would have been really awkward having to work for him. Oh my God. Oh, yeah, someone that you were so in awe of. Exactly. Exactly. So you weird. came to London and he was doing the mummy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't come for all of shooting. I came for a little bit. Um, oh my God. And this was when Sing Along Sound of Music yes. was super huge at that time. This oh was like, God. they had a little theater. No. Yes. In Leicester Square? Yeah, it was like a it little just theater. Just Leicester Square, yeah. 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 Oh my God, oh my that's God. so funny. We did that. Oh, and we saw, I went with Brendan yeah. to see ABBA. Abba the um the no way that time yeah what was the musical um Mamma Mia Mamma Mia right? so Mamma Mia was that was before it came here wow yeah so we saw that oh and then um oh my god I guess this is this is not revealing anything um <laughs> <clears throat> I remember going to Indian food with him I think Indian food is really big oh it's right? huge here yeah yeah it's like the number one I think the number one ways and yeah beloved cuisines I mean I like Indian food but I don't eat anything spicy I just can't yeah but he we went for Indian food and I guess he got a lot of spicy stuff but I was sitting across from him and he's like dripping sweat it's just me <laughs> at dinner I'm like staring at him with this dripping sweat as he's I'm like oh my god it's so weird <laughs> I've gone for a really spicy curry if you're sweating that much. Yes. <laughs> well, oh, that must have that must have made it easier to spend time with him. He's more regular. You went to Mamma Mia. You went to sing along yeah. Sound of Music. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then um, years later, or no, yeah, I don't know when it was, but I had gone back with Nathan for a while, and he did um, a Kenneth Branagh movie. Um, shoot. I can't think of what it was now, but we were all at a dinner together. And uh, this is another story I like. So <laughs> I'm sitting next to Kenneth Branagh and he just, um, and tell me, this is, is this stupid that I'm telling all these like- I love stuff. it, don't. I'm, I'm so thinking he, out which movie He starts it was. eating dinner off of my plate. He's like, oh, that looks good. And like, I'm oh, like- no. It's like, it's a, is this one of those things where the celebrities think like, oh, they, it's cute or they can do it, whatever. But it was like, that's really weird. Okay. It is really weird. Did <laughs> you say sorry? That's no, no, he thought it was cute and charming. 
Well, I would have been really annoyed. Get off my food. I don't care, I don't care how good you are at Shakespeare. Get off my food. So was that Love's Labour's Lost? Yes. Yes. That was huge. Because that it? was when, yeah, before that was like when Kenneth Branagh was doing all his movies. Yeah. He was just so like, maybe that's why he thought he could eat your food, you know? He was so kind of, <laughs> everybody knew who he was. Yeah, yeah. That's why, you know, it's funny when they go through, they all go through different phases in their career and they act. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Because he was, he'd done loads of stage and then suddenly he kind of made Shakespeare cool for a while and it was all a bit, yeah. all yeah, a bit strange, yeah. right? <laughs> Anyone, everyone wanted to do his movies. Yeah, once he got Denzel and Keanu <coughs> in um, Much Ado About Nothing, I think everyone was on board. They were like, right, I'm in, I'm in. But so working for these, working yeah. for celebrities and... And this really dates me, by the way. Sorry? Oh, these stories really date me too. Make no, me and me, but don't, I'm, we're, we're in the same boat. I know exactly what you're talking about. But also, I just, I don't know, like, I, I'm thinking about these kind of jobs. These aren't, yeah. they're not all-encompassing <clears throat> kind of jobs, aren't they? Sure, what, say it again? They're all-encompassing. These, yes. kind of, these kind of jobs where you're traveling and yes. you're, you are really assisting someone in so many different ways that two days must never be the same in a role like that. No. And it's, it is all encompassing. And I think it takes a long time to like know your boundaries too. And to make sure, I mean, yeah. Wow. It took me a long time to realize I deserve a life. (laughs) Yeah. Because you don't think you do when you're in a job like that. Do you? Well, they're like kind of like your spouse or they're your, I mean, well, you you fill the role of so many, you fill the role of the spouse, the best friend, the therapist, the whatever for yeah. them, but they're like, or it's kind of that way back sometimes too, where, you know, my whole life is, especially when you're working for one person, your whole life is that person. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, it takes a while to like understand like the boundaries and also, that you can't really be best friends, but it's not, not really. Do you know what yes. I mean? It, might, it feels that way. It yeah. feels that way, but it's still a job. There's still your boss. Yeah. There's still these rules. And the more on the professional, like professional side of things, you could keep it the better. Or like, I always, I tell, I would tell them stories or give them little tidbits about my life, but rarely. Yeah. Like I'll throw something in so they know I'm human, but, (laughs) (laughs) but otherwise, you know, I keep my private life private and, um, and also like, uh, yeah, just remembering that it's a, it's a job because it's hard. Like when my job ended with Nathan and my my job ended recently with Jenny and Josh, it's really gut wrenching because you're so close with those people. You can't help, you know, which I, I think, people at regular jobs might find that too, I guess, when they, if they leave or get fired or whatever, or job ends. But um, yeah, these are like, it, you know, it, you yeah. have to mourn it. It's like a breakup. Yeah. And I think I, well, I know that, yes, I, I know people feel like that. They feel bereaved for the routine and the life that they were living in that, in an office, whether it's in an office or as a private assistant, I would say that it changes the dynamic because of the settings that you're in. And mm-hmm. it's a completely, it's a such sort of more intimate relationship in the sense that you're driving places with them, you're in their homes, you know, you're traveling with people, it changes the, just changes the dynamic of that relationship. So I think it must feel in, more personal a relationship with them you know that that closeness it's not just on a professional level that you're seeing them right right you know it is personal and you know everything about them and their family and you're close with their family yeah uh, but it's not reciprocated it's not necessarily reciprocated back no you know so that's again about doing those boundaries and um how did you find your boundaries um I think it was after Nathan that I really learned it because I, I mean, that was, I was so young and I was um, so close. We did everything together. 
Yeah. We went to movies. We went to dinners. When we were traveling, it was just me and him. Um, and you had to make sure that you have your own life and that you're not always sitting by the phone. You know, um, I mean, I'm really good about like answering my phone and texting back or whatever mm-hmm. and staying on top of things. But you know what? Sometimes there is like, you know, downtime and you do have other things. And yeah, I mean, that's why I got married later in life. Like I didn't, um, yeah, it wasn't even in my wheelhouse. Like I probably was on sets and I have guys flirt with me or whatever, but I was so focused on my job. I wouldn't even know. Yeah. You didn't even know they were doing it. I bet your friends pointed it out to you too, right? They'd be like, so-and-so likes you. (laughs) Like I would never even know. So, is it, uh, straight, is it, it must be a strange dynamic. Is it, do you think it was mainly the time, the boundaries around your time that that's, that's the most difficult thing? I'm imagining you get like later, late in the evening requests and things that feel really urgent and important to them in that moment that can wait till the next day, maybe, or. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things you eventually learn. Yeah. It's like, you, you have to learn what is that thing that you have to respond to, what could wait to the morning, sure. you know, and so you make, so you can still have your life. Um, and yeah, when traveling was hard, it, I like, I learned when I'm, if I'm gone more than two months at a time, you know, I need to see someone. I need to see someone that like knows me that I'm like friends with or like, yeah, not just whoever I'm on the movie set with, you kind of lose it, lose who you are and um yeah but I I haven't traveled um well when I was where Ginny and Josh were doing <clears throat> when I first started working for them they were doing um were they doing um oh my goodness uh well, she was to know why he was Prince Charming. Oh, once upon a time. I'm like, what yeah, yeah. is that show? Couldn't <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, help you out there. But I would just go out to like Vancouver when I was needed, like set up houses to get them prepared when they get there or to help them bring them home and stuff like that. So mm. I was there for like short periods of time, which was totally fine. Do you think there's a certain amount of, you know, adrenaline in the job that you do? that is a little bit addictive because of their sort of pressure and urgency and probably that is do you think you get the kind of like a buzz from the pressure because I like I like jobs like that too so that's why I'm asking when you're talking about it that's what it feels like it's funny I mean I guess there are certain things like when we're like oh my god we're about one of the persons I was working for we're doing a comedy show and he wanted such and such he wanted some kind of animal to be on stage with him <laughs> okay oh, okay <laughs> and I had a very short time it's like yeah so it's one of those things where it's like oh you you have the crisis and you gotta yeah. make it happen right exactly exactly you know, there is something I do like that I'm like yeah. oh yeah give it to me give me your what are you yeah what are you, what's the worst? What you yeah yeah what is yeah. it I'm gonna make it happen <laughs> it's just like my personal kind of um yeah, he wanted a, a miniature horse. Right. But <laughs> not like a pony. It's like a, a horse. Mini- it's a real like, miniature one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's like a horse that looks tiny. miniature. Yeah. And I, I could not find any in, or any that could be driven here, you know, get here <laughs> in the right amount of time. And so I'm going back and forth, but I found um, llamas. Okay. Like, you know, llamas are funny. Right? They're llamas really funny. So um, I pitched that idea, the llamas, and we had two different llamas with different coloring. And yeah, it worked out great. <laughs> you see, you had the thing, yeah. And you in the moment where the pressure really like is on, yeah, you delivered. Or you found a solution if you couldn't find. Yeah. Those yeah. teeny tiny ponies, they, they scare me a little bit because they're <laughs> so tiny. They're so tiny, aren't they? I've seen them on the, t- I've seen them on TV. Yeah. Never seen one in real life. No, but, I don't think I've seen them in the real life. No, they're, they're just too tiny for me. They're really, really frightening. <laughs> Ooh, trying to give me the creeps. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, um, 
working in that you know from from the outside looking in I'm sure you get this a lot is that the expectation of having a role like that is that it's immensely glamorous and Mm. you know I know everyone can understand there's a lot of hard work but do you do you find that did you find it glamorous and fun like in in certain areas of it was it quite kind of glitzy because it seems to me like it's just intensely tough and kind of like relentless working hours yes and very very intense working environments like if people aren't you know people don't always get on do they in situations like that and there's a lot of different personalities on a set you know like that's a lot of negotiation you must be pretty impressive at negotiating and reading a room you know and how to how to sort things out I don't it's just it's really weird um yeah I mean I they hired me um for Whitney Houston on a movie no. uh, and yeah oh my I got a call really late at night saying they were having a hard time and uh can I come in and just work with her to yeah. kind of make this movie happen and to work with her team or whatever, but I'd be on the producer side, like the production side, I'd be yeah. I'm working for them, but to be their person dealing with all that. Um, and then they, they started calling me the Whitney Wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of, kind of changed that into like the diva Wrangler. Like that's what like my reputation became dealing with all of these. Well, cause my first, first person I worked for was Faye Dunaway on a movie. Wow. It was like Kevin, Kevin Spacey's first directorial debut because I didn't met Kevin on a movie before that. And anyway, so yeah, Faye is, she's very difficult to work with. That's not like a secret. Um, no. And what was I going to say? Um, yeah, so it was the, the Whitney Wrangler and I, yeah, so I got known for dealing with all these difficult personalities, but it's crazy because like, I don't really want it. You know, <laughs> I don't know why he keeps like following me. You know, I'm, at it. oh my God. Yeah. Now though, now I really like when I go for job interviews, I just, I say like, I need someone nice and <laughs> everyone has bad days. Believe me, I get it. I can, yeah, handle yeah. It. they need to know that they can vent and whatever, but there's something that like, if a person has a good heart, they have a good heart. You, and you, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the most important thing, isn't it? Yeah, that you feel that you're working with someone that you can respect, I suppose is yes. yeah. And that doesn't always happen. That happens. No. Yeah, I was just talking about this with a friend. It's like when you work for someone that you respect, it's it's definitely easier and better, and you feel mm. like you want to do a better job. You know. Yeah, because you're helping them achieve their goals, right? And you yes. want you want to enable that and facilitate that for them. But like, actually dealing with really tricky people in any situation can make all of us feel really tense. Right. You must have a real knack for it. Cause if someone said, can you come and help us with Whitney Houston? Again, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't be able to manage. I'd be like, <laughs> what do you need? What can I help you with? <laughs> how do you, how do you feel that you approach situations like that? Does it, is there some, is there something that you can give us that, can help us when we next experience it. If you're the the diva wrangler, I need some tips for when I've got some unruly clients that I need to whip into shape. <laughs> God, I really like. I sh- I should I should write the book. Yes, um, please write the book. <laughs> I I really don't know. I mean, that's something I have to really think about. The one thing, and I don't remember when I first realized that like I had this down. But like when you do have the yelling or the screaming or the mm-hmm. temper tantrums or whatever it is to um, get kind of stone faced, like let it deflect off you. As you're just letting it wash over, right? Yeah. No response. No, no, not even get on you. Like literally. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. Right. Literally let it bounce off you. Um, yeah. Because it's one of the really, really hard things is not to take things personally in this job. Yeah. You know, um, so, but like I said, everyone has bad days. Um, even, you know, celebrities have bad days. Everyone does. So, but, you know, their bad day in public could be, you know. Oh, that's really bad. About uh, <laughs> the next day. So, 
But yeah, so does that make everything like the stakes feel higher for everything, do you think? Because there was such an intensity in the sort of showbiz business and in LA of, of work and the stakes are high for everyone involved, whether it's financially, whether it's their career, whether it's the studio, you know, and I have obviously no experience of being in this kind of environment, but it feels like to me, like it's such an intense environment where, you know, I certainly had a, someone, an assistant friend of mine who told me that um, her boss was really angry one day and, and threw a book at her. Right. And, you know, like people in London were just so horrified, you know, like how could someone get that angry? And it was like, she was like, no, I was really annoyed with him. You know, don't get me wrong. I was like, I, you know, obviously got annoyed with him about doing it, but he was so passionate about what was happening and so angry. And it just feels like when you're describing the situations that you found yourself in, there's that, that real sort of fieriness that comes out. You must have, yeah, it just, it feels like it's that intensity that you don't get so much everywhere. Unfortunately, I think that people won't like blink twice to hear about something being thrown at them. No, well, I, I, I know mean, that you wouldn't. <laughs> it's definitely not acceptable. No, so that's no. what I loved about, I wish that the Me Too movement got, I mean, it had, they had touched on that, but also about, you know, treating people with respect, you know, in the workplace, um, like especially assistants, you know, um, and to, because uh, there was, um, yeah, I mean, you think about like the, the Today Show and the newscaster that, you know, yes. did stuff to people or I'm sure there's, or even the Weinstein, um, you know, assistants were involved and treated really badly. Um, terribly. But I don't think it's totally gotten there. It'll be interesting to see how COVID, if COVID really changes people or not to like put the focus back on like what's really important in life and for people to be more appreciative that I would love for that to happen. I would also love for the women to be as accountable as the men in terms of how they treat people. So, cause it's not just the men, it's not just the men that are bullies. No, no, yeah. Women that are bullies too. So, yeah. You think so far perhaps that the women haven't been made to be as accountable as the males? in the environment, in the work environment? I mean, there are definitely stories of that happening, but I mean, even like, yeah, I don't want to spread any more rumors, but no, <laughs> but even like what happened with Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. You know, recently. And um, I mean, I knew those stories, you know, right. I heard stories and people but um it really does come from the top so if that person is not behaving a certain way let's it goes downwards in every organization yeah. right, the, right. In, oh yeah everywhere the lead yeah that and I, I totally understand what you mean yeah that it's it is just it's prevalent in all of the roles in all of the companies where leadership isn't making uh, sure that people are being treated in the way that they need to right yeah or that you can go to someone um and they'll really listen to you and help you but <clears throat> I mean that's if you work on a show and there's actual HR and people but yeah when you're working with the celebrity there's not really anyone that you can go to there's not like, yeah who do you, you go to you don't necessarily have a team of people no, usually you are the team of people, aren't you? Right. You know, you're you're the person that people would go to to get something fixed. So yeah, who I mean, do you like turn that. to? Who do you turn to? You have to talk to them directly about it and try and navigate your way through. Or, um, yeah, I mean, oy. yeah, it just depends. I mean, they're definitely like the really huge, huge celebrities that will have like you know teams of people. Yeah, different. Um, in different areas but that's a good question there really there really um isn't you're navigating it on your own and that's yeah, why the yeah. boundaries and knowing what you're okay with and not okay with yeah you know um you and must that's get some weird requests 
you must get some really weird requests for things you know like do people ask you if you're the person that's going to if you're the person that's going to fix stuff then and you know their family and you know their friends and you you're there with them all the time I bet you get asked some crazy things to go and sort some things out for them yeah I do but it's what's what's even funnier now is that like I'm so used to it that so something that would like <laughs> something that you'd be shocked at you'd be like oh my god like to me is like totally normal I wouldn't even like think twice about it being yeah, my yeah. request I yeah. love it yeah, yeah the, the levels of the levels of requests have changed and do you think that COVID is changing how do how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about it we touched at the beginning about the sort of the lockdown and but how do you feel about assistance and and navigating this this moment many people here in the UK are finding this incredibly challenging and the 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 things are have shifted and changed but nothing has yet landed in a way that can allow a lot of people to move forward with what they want to do have you experienced that too well what's strange is and then started from like the very like I just knew it was going to be really bad at the very beginning once LA had the two-week shutdown yeah and um and I was already like one person cut my hours in half and then soon after you know I lost all my jobs um because I've been the last like seven or eight years, but that's a whole different thing. Um, I've been working for multiple people, multiple yeah. celebrities um, on a part-time basis. Like I had a certain amount of hours I would give to each person. Mm -hmm. um, but so everyone I know is still kind of working. I think yeah. I have one publicist friend that, you know, really, I mean, everything really slowed down for her, but I have friends that work with, you know, really well-established like celebrities or celebrities that have many hats or brands mm -hmm. um like people that just don't do um film or tv and they have podcasts oh. and they have the vodka line and they have um <laughs> the way did i say podcast i don't know <laughs> um mm -hmm. and the clothing line and yeah. you know yeah so all the different options of business yeah, yeah. so they're owners or they're like the old, they're, you know, have, they're such an established celebrity that, you know, they're never going to have an up and down in their career. They're like, mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of set. Um, so yes, yeah, so a lot of my friends are still working. It's just really, it's really weird. It's just really weird. It's a, it's a strange moment in time, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I've never experienced this ever before. And I think I was telling you earlier, like, you know, normally I am glued to my cell phone. Sure. My cell phone yeah. is my lifeline because as a personal assistant, my office is wherever I am, mm -hmm. you know? So your, your cell phone is, is everything it's, um, and like, I don't have the gazillion emails or people calling me and like, you know, things are happening. Like the, it's just quiet. Mm. And that was very, very strange at first. It took me a while to like, okay, realize that you know this is it's just new it's just life is different really different yeah that's a, it's a moment isn't it when things change like that and they change quickly it feels again you you can feel completely bereft from the kind of busyness right of life yeah and I think COVID has removed so much of that. Like, I don't even know what I used to do. I can't, you know, like on a day-to-day -day <laughs> basis. Like, I know I would do a lot of different things, but there was so much more movement in a day that it just had a different energy, didn't it, for all of us? This kind of being more sedentary and being at home and not as busy is slow you know I like fast so this is mm -hmm. kind of slow for me it has that edge of I want it to hurry up again but I know we have to wait until everything is safe and you know of course we have to just sit this one and wait this one out right right of course of course it's it's a really I don't know I I feel like your role 
must, it just must be an incredibly eye-opening type of job to people and their personalities and their frailties and their stupidity sometimes, you know, and their egos. And that to me, I think when you're talking, that's the bit that I feel like is where you're, you must be really good at reading people. Like you got it down. True. Um, and I always say like, I'm just, I'm weirdly, I'm, a, I'm weirdly good at what I do. Yeah. I just am like, I don't like, I have, this is just like, the job for me, but never something like I thought it would be. I, you know, who's to say that, you know, you know, yeah, no one goes looking for this as a career. Um, yeah, but if you're talented in it, often mm, your yes. career seems to find you somehow, do you know? Like it's right because you're naturally good at it and then you're enjoying it and you're naturally good at it. And that momentum builds into something that's a real space for you. Like we said earlier, like you were kind of like, okay this is what I do now. <laughs> this is like right, a right. realization. Yeah. And like talents, I never knew that I had, you know, like, uh, I, tell me, well, um, and this started early, really early with Nathan. Like I, um, helped him find the house that he, I think he still lives there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the apartment that he has in New York. So you know, I would fly into New York and be with one of the top brokers and drive around to um, look at apartments and I would take video and notes of everything and then yeah. fly back to where he was and we go through the tape. So then when he flew into New York, he just knew exactly which ones he wanted to go look at. Sure. So, and um, I think it's also like, yeah, so I've, and I've done this a lot. I've done this for a lot of people now, um, help them find homes, help them set up homes. Um, but I think it's also, I think my upbringing maybe too. Like mm -hmm. my, my mom was a really good hostess. Yeah. She was a very good hostess. And like, so she knew how to keep a house and like, mm -hmm. like what's appropriate. And that, so I knew that. And my father um, is a business manager, CPA for people in the entertainment industry. So that's like the business side of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see what you mean about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause it's the kind of, it's the smoothing the way of things of the really good host and the business acumen of being able to get things done and a little bit of making things happen. It's the kind of the two sides sound like they combined. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In that kind of ability to do what you do, because it's also the, the boundaries and the toughness, but with the, with the kind of ability to communicate things beautifully so as not making things more difficult. That's how I imagine it when you're talking. Yeah, no, that makes that, you really put it very well. Oh, good. <laughs> but, you know, I also, like I said, it did take me a long time to like really get the boundaries down and to like. Yeah, of course. All the, you know, you make the mistakes. Um, but yeah. You know, though, the thing is, is that I was a moron when I was in my 20s. You know, like <laughs> I thought I knew a lot. You know, I thought I was doing really well. I was really happy in my career and I'd tried out lots of different jobs and stuff. But I didn't know how to stand up for myself right. at all. And I was certainly brought up where it was like, you know, I was at work. So I was professional. You can't cry at work. You kind of take the money that you're offered. There's not much like negotiation. You know, I was, I was an idiot. I didn't know anything really about how to set any boundaries. I don't even know if I knew what they were. I'm not <laughs> sure that anyone had ever said that word then. Right, probably not. And, and so we were all like in the dark as to how we kind of built our careers or not. And there wasn't, oh, this really will date me, but there was no internet as it was like, when I was in my early late teens, right. early 20s, you know, who could you ask? You'd ask your friends. You probably ask your mom and dad. And if they didn't know, you were lost, right? That was the end of that. Yeah, yeah. And so we were all kind of, we were all just trying to work our way through it. Yeah. Like we were just, right. we were really like it was, it was, it was strange because when I see people just the information that people have got access to in terms of jobs. I just didn't even know anything. And that's why, you know, when you're talking about the stories and being like the, 
Whitney Wrangler and stuff I just I'm in complete awe because you're you are learning and experiencing what you're doing by watching other people replicating you didn't have any videos of people explaining how to do things or you really are like living on your wits when you're in jobs like that and I that is not to take away from people that are starting and launching their careers now it was just such a different moment Um, that's true I carried around like a little notebook yes right there was no no nothing oh yeah (laughs) I remember, I remember like when I got my first laptop and when I was working for Nathan, like just, we were just starting to, e- people were just starting to regularly email. Yeah. You know, stuff. Yeah. I've still got my first Hotmail um, email oh. address. <laughs> I used to go to a, um... I kept my, my AOL is my junk mail. Yes. I kept my address. Yeah. Yeah. I can't give it up. <laughs> my full name, <sighs> my full name. It is my full name. It's been so fun to talk to you. Yeah. It's been amazing. The stories, the glamour, the traveling, the weird requests that you don't think are weird. (laughs) (laughs) One time, um, last one, like, like, again, like I want, this is one I wouldn't think was so weird, but um, someone I was working for, they were in a hotel in another city and, um, they like called me so I can call in their um, order. Like an, it's either they needed something from the front desk or it was their food order. Mm-hmm. They wanted me to call, you know, in, yeah. and do it when, you know, they're right there at the phone and just can pick it up. So yeah, but that wouldn't, that's like not, it wouldn't be weird to me. I'm like, oh, okay. And yeah. they're like, what? Yeah. They can do that themselves. I know, but that's the thing. Maybe they just get lucky, don't they? That people are happy to do things for them, so they get used to it. Yeah, it kind of yeah. sound a bit like my son. <laughs> <laughs> I need to work on that. Yeah, and I know that people can't see behind you, but you have a, the most beautiful oh. hairspray poster, a poster of the show. Yes, is it the show or the, it's the show? Isn't the it? Not the Broadway, the, the original yeah. Broadway. Yeah, beautiful. they do this. It's the only. I don't have a lot of things where I have um, people like autograph stuff. Yeah, memorabilia and things. I think it's kind of weird. I have very little of it. But um, every year around Thanksgiving, Broadway, they do something like Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. And so. Yes, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Do they do that in London too? Yeah. I don't know if they do it as, as well. I haven't really seen it as publicized as the ones in the States. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think it's usually around Thanksgiving time. So one of the things you could, you know, give money and get the signed original poster with the signed with the original cast. But the interesting, it's like one of my favorite musicals, but it was when I was working with Nathan, we went to the home of Mark Shaman and um, his partner at the time. And I'm blanking on his name. They wrote, they wrote the whole musical. Yeah. Um, And they wanted Nathan we were when I was there, they re-recorded one of the songs for Hairspray. Yeah. They had Nathan sing it, but it was actually one of the female parts. Okay. So they can then take it to producers to sell the musical. Wow. So I was there, like I witnessed like the real, real beginning of that, you know, to hear oh that my goodness. Song before the show was even, you know. That's really, that's beautiful history moment such such a good musical and that that's one of the you know the cool cool moments yeah. I love that yeah I love it can I ask you some quick fire questions yes this is new ish I'm new-ish. still getting used to doing it I'm going to ask you what your favorite where your favorite place is well right now during COVID it's my bed yeah. oh me bed. too <laughs> oh god <laughs> watching netflix <laughs> in bed <laughs> what's your favorite tv show i'm gonna say the one i'm currently binging which, we've is? All been, which is dexter <gasps> okay i haven't watched that okay. is he that, that is a murder is that like a murdering he's a murderer isn't he yeah a serial killer yeah. yeah i couldn't think of the word yeah much better more he's got more kudos than a murderer he's a serial killer it's scary <laughs> I are really into it so it's hard to find the things that we will both watch and binge 
So that was one. Really? So we're doing that now. Yeah, it is. In my house, I have to watch, I have to binge watch my Real Housewives stuff on oh. my own. Right. Away from my husband and son because they just moan all the time. <laughs> no, I'm watching that again. Your favorite song? I'm going to say the song that at the end of my wedding that we we like, you know, the exit song when you're walking oh. back down the aisle. And I did, it's an old, uh, The Emotions, Best of My Love. Oh, that's a beautiful song. Yeah. Oh, that is really that's beautiful. Really fun. And what is your favorite food? Oh my God, ice cream. I, oh, really? during COVID, oh my God, I had, we could eat ice cream every night. Swear to God. Sound bad. No, it's not a good idea. But. <laughs> sounds good. Do you go out and get ice cream? Sometimes. Yeah, because that sounds fun. Like we don't do that here in London. And I think that just sounds great to go out and do it. It makes it sound like it's, it's just much more fun. Sort of oh, more well, exciting. Yeah, it's like you can't go out. We can't really go out that much. Not but. now um yeah, yeah I remember um speaking of being in London like um on going to theater in London how they they stroll down with the ice with the carts of ice cream they, they still do, do. I was, yeah. that, that was amazing we don't yeah. have but you see like I used to say one of the first jobs I had I worked at the Royal Shakespeare Company uh-huh. but I was like an usher and I was I was not very good at it. I was studying. So I wanted the job because I could see people into the theater. And then also because it was Shakespeare, it was so long. So I probably had like two and a half hours before the interval. Okay. So I would get my studying done, but I would be paid for it. So I thought I'd, I was amazing. I was so smart, right? I was like, I've done it. I've got the job where I get to study and get paid. But the worst thing about it, Lauren, was I had to sell the ice creams. Oh. And they were all like pound twenty. And so if someone added a program in as well, we didn't have like a cash register. It was like, you know, we had like at each exit, you were there with the ice creams. Oh my God, I, just, I swear to God, I don't think I ever gave anyone the right change. So if anyone, <laughs> if anyone went at that point, I could have sold you like five ice creams in a program and it probably cost you about two quid because I wouldn't have been able to work it out properly. I was always down on the money, always. Oh my gosh, right. <laughs> I, I always loved the ice creams at theatres, though. Yeah. I totally get it. They're a bit small. That's all I'll say. <laughs> what are you grateful for today? I am grateful for my dog. Oh. Dog Rocky. Um, we adopted him during COVID. Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah. And he's the sweetest. Um, no, I'm really not like an animal person. So everyone yeah. is kind of shocked. <laughs> 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 that I got a dog but uh, I can't imagine what this time would have been like without him and I knew my husband really wanted a dog and so we did um we fostered him which I thought okay we'll just foster a dog for a couple of weeks but then it's like oh no you like we love him oh. <laughs> kind the of dog is he? I'm very thankful for him what kind of dog is he um as my vet says, he's a mutt of a mutt of a mutt of a mutt. He sounds perfect. I love him. <laughs> I love that. No fancy fancies. Big yeah. or small dog? Um, like medium, medium to big, I guess. He's not small, but he's not big. So he's somewhere he's, in between. He's his own he thing. Pat, he's part, we think, ridgeback. Because like, he'll have these hairs that go down on his back. It looks like a mohawk. Oh, cute. He's like this golden color. He's he's cute. So he's, he's cute. been keeping you guys going through lockdown. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. So great. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been so fun to talk to you. Thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much. I just want to say a huge thank you. I did, I had a look at my Spotify podcasters roundup of the year, right? And it said that the podcast was listened to by people in 15 countries. And that was just on the Spotify. So I went and had a look at my stats, which I don't usually do. But I went and had a look at the stats. And it turns out that you're listening to this from 37 different countries around the world 
which feels so amazing. It's so much fun and I'm so appreciative. So I had no idea that there was that many countries and that many people. And I just wanted to say a big thank you for listening. And I want you to come over and say hello to me on social if you don't follow already. The link's in the show notes, obviously. Um, and yeah, come and say hi. It was It's great to get to know some of you already. And I'm looking forward to getting to know more of you soon too.